1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. You know what
0: time it is. Hey! Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast. So much to get into. I really want to thank everybody for the kind words about last week's podcast with uh, Hurricane Shane Helms. Uh, awesome, awesome having the hurricane on. Uh, great stories, like I said yet yeah, last week. Uh, so much to get into with that guy. We barely scratched the surface, so I'm sure he'll be back. And I know that he very much also appreciated all the feedback that you guys uh, sent out. Everybody always does. Never be shy about that. If you've got something good to say, everybody on the Internet loves when they don't like something. But that's not what this wrestling podcast is about. This wrestling podcast is by a wrestling fan for wrestling fans, okay? We're a little more positive on this wrestling podcast than a lot of people are. Not all overly positive. It's not sickeningly gross. But we have an appreciation for pro wrestling here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And uh, I want that appreciation to extend to all the guests, to everything. So let them know if you feel a, a certain way about them. And I think that you'll feel a certain way... About this one. This week, uh, it's someone that I've wanted to have on the show for a little while. This is another one that I think it's a nice long interview. And at the end of it, you're going to want more. Chris Hero is my guest on the podcast this week. Um, Chris Hero, I taped this interview with him right after the last pro wrestling gorilla show that he competed at. He is amazing. And I've been a fan of his, like I said, for a little while now. For actually a while. I started... Chris Hero started on the indie scene. He was in the same class as like the Daniel Bryan, the CM Punk, maybe a little younger, but not much younger. You know, he and CM Punk traveled the country uh, performing together for a period of time before CM Punk ended up in Ring of Honor. Uh, A little while after that, Chris Hero ended up in Ring of Honor, had an amazing run with Ring of Honor, first as a solos guy, then as a tag team. With Cesaro, who we'll talk about in the interview, uh, obviously we're going to refer to him as Claudio because Claudio Castagnoli was Chris Hero's tag team partner, uh, the man who is now known as Cesaro. So when you hear Claudio, obviously, uh, that's who we're talking about. But he went on to be in Ring of Honor. That tag team was very, very successful. He then got signed to NXT where he was Cassius Ohno. Uh That was right, right before the real giant NXT boom. He ended up getting cut from NXT, got his release, and uh, went back on the indie wrestling scene. A lot of people were disappointed. I know I was disappointed. I think he could have uh, been something really cool in WWE. Uh, But he ended up back on the indie scene and, quite frankly, is doing some of the best work of his career. You know, luckily I got to see him live, as I said, right before this interview took place. And he really is... Amazing to see him do his thing in person. Uh, He's still doing it, and he's doing it better than he's ever done it before. Uh, Chris Hero, he talks about PWG. He talks about the different referees. I think we refer to him by their last names at some point in this interview, but we're talking about the referees of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Um, And a whole bunch more. So let's get right to it. It's Chris Hero, my guest this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
1: And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. We are just talking about wallets. Wallets. Here. Well, it's <laughs> very it's very important. Chris Hero
0: is here with me. Welcome hey, to the show. Thanks for
1: having me. It's, yeah. been a, it's been a long time coming. Yeah,
0: it absolutely has. Uh, but I think, uh, I guess wallets is a good place to start because, uh, uh, I mean, you deal with a lot of cash. <laughs> at these shows that you go to, you sell a, a lot, of lot of merch. I mean, a, a lot, lot of, of cash, a lot of it.
1: Ones, fives, tens, sometimes twenties. Are you a fanny pack guy or no? No, not at all.
0: Not I at got all. so disappointed because I had a, I had my mom find yeah my WWF Championship belt <laughs> fanny pack from when I was like seven, <laughs> yeah. and she found it because she didn't throw anything out. Mm-hmm. But she's not a hoarder because she can find it. Yeah. So she yeah. found it, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to wear this to all the shows. I'm going to be so. It was made for a child. It doesn't uh, fit me anymore. Yeah. yeah.
1: You got like a – you could fit it like over your arm. That's what I was trying to – I was like, if I wear it over my shoulder, no. Like Sami Zayn uh, for years had this Sony Walkman fanny pack that's like neon pink and neon green Uh and just shamelessly would wear. And he's he's not like wearing it like, oh, it will be really cool if I wear this retro fanny pack. He's like, oh, it's just practical. I keep my stuff in it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He just just never thought to buy one in a different color. I'm just not a fanny pack person. Mm Um I used to have one when I was little, you know, sure. was like in fourth grade. I, I think I can be excused they from that. They were cool then. Yeah. But then when they started making a comeback, the only time I've ever actively worn a fanny pack as an adult was when I was living in Mexico for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was just so that I could have everything here. In case shit went down. I don't know what kind of shit would go down. I would just have it on my person. Yeah,
0: You're accountable for everything. Stuff
1: falling out of a backpack, you don't want
0: that. No, 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 no. How long did you live in Mexico for?
1: Uh, I I was there on and off for about a total of three months. Uh, It was kind of a debacle. I went down... And Claudio and I went down mm-hmm. as uh, a team, and we did some shows, and it was really cool. We got to see a show at Arena Mexico, and mm-hmm. then uh, we were approached by the CMLL office, and they're like, "Hey, we'd love to have you guys back. Uh, well, here's a here's a set of dates, or, or not set of dates. A guarantee you're going to make this much a week, this many shows a week, etc. It sounded awesome, and that's what we wanted to you know that's what we wanted to do. Sure, Wrestle Arena Mexico. So we come back. We go to the C M L office and I think they forgot we were supposed to come because then it was we went to the office five, maybe six days in a row. Yeah. And then we're blown off each time. Oh no, come back tomorrow. Oh because all the wrestlers show up to the office and then you get your bookings for the day or for the week. Yeah. Because basically if you're under C M L O contract, they'll send you here. Go, you know, you're gonna go to um um, I can't really think of them. Like, you're going to go to Monterey, right? right sure, okay, sure. you guys, uh, you're going to hop on this bus. You're going to go to Tijuana. You're going to – so we would just be sitting there very patiently in the office waiting and waiting. But, and if, you just, and Cla- yeah. but if you and Claudio are teaming, you're both yeah. pretty established by the time you guys were teaming. No, that, well, or is almost, this, early? this was 2006. Okay. Uh, so we had – I mean for indies at the time, we'd kind of been established. Um, but it just – yeah, it, it didn't matter. We were outsiders. And we just, yeah, it it didn't work out. It was very frustrating. And, uh, you know, we made a lot of good contacts. We did a lot of great training, you know, because we both spent about three years training Lucha Libre uh, with Jorge Rivera. Skyda is his name. He was uh, um, Ultimo Dragon's trainer from his school, from the Ultimo Dragon School. Just Mm -hmm. an incredible luchador. So I picked up. Three years of legitimate, authentic Lucha Libre and and has helped me so much in my career.
0: Is that kind of like
1: – is being a
0: wrestler just there's always another place where you're going to have to be humble? Oh, like, absolutely. Does that just
1: go throughout your career? Yeah. like
0: Just because here you're a star. Sure. If you want to go over here, you're back to square Your dudes one. don't
1: cross over. They you know, don't. It doesn't matter. And even but, in, but here's the thing. If you go in there with that attitude – yeah. All it takes is for someone – especially if you come in with a humble attitude and like, okay, cool, whatever, and then somebody finds out what you have done, uh-huh. you're made. And they're just, oh, I this see. guy's. so it's better to have – just in general in wrestling, I never expect anyone ever to know me, ever. Because I, then I'm never disappointed. Right. <laughs> never disappointed. You know, so then it's always a pleasant surprise when somebody's like, hey, are you that? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Nickelback? And I'm like, no, no. no. God damn it. Wish I not said yes that quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, it's always a pleasant surprise in a uh, you know, baggage claim or you're at a concert or something and somebody kind of recognizes you. Because when you're in around wrestling, it's just going to happen. Sure. Right? If I'm gonna. Years ago, before I was in WWE, when I would go to like a WrestleMania, mm-hmm. it's just, just like, a fan. You're just like, Yeah, you'd go to the show or you'd, you know, because we would have some Ring of Honor shows, and then you're like, Yeah, hey, let's go to the Hall of Fame. Let's do this, whatever. And then just the people, I'd see Kings of Wrestling shirts and whatever, and just be like, The reach of this is pretty significant. It's yeah. much bigger because we're used to doing shows in front of a couple hundred people here or there. But then when you look at the magnitude of it on a grander scale, it's it's pretty
0: that it's, yeah, it's striking it's out. Yeah. and i
1: think a lot of the NXT guys are, are getting that now <laughs> yeah. because they're used to wrestling in florida and they leave florida for sure. a second they realize sure because i don't want to say florida's jaded but they've just they're just overexposed down there right so everybody knows them and whatever and then you have a house show here and it's great but it's you're going to chicago that might be their only chance to really see you if if i mean the show's going to go well but Scheduling. Who knows? Maybe they'll be back in six months. Maybe they will be back in a year. Right. So right, That's right. that's why WWE does so well in all these markets because they literally they come to town twice a year. Right. So everybody's like, oh, it's you know, it's their local WrestleMania.
0: And indie groups have to figure out how to make it special because they can't go yeah. across the country because sure. then you're taking a brand that's only been established in one town and trying to make it this national thing, which yeah. doesn't really exist. And it's
1: it's a it's a delicate mixture. Uh, I mean, I've never run a show. I've never booked uh, on a regular regular schedule, but it's maintaining your talent and trying to make them stars based off of people that are already stars. right. So you and you and then you also can't. Spoil the fans with bringing in so many different people all the time, so that when one show's kind of light, the fans are just like, "Ah, it's I don't really care." They're, they only have one fly in this show, so that's a trick. That's a tricky thing. So even though you go
0: in like expecting nobody to know who you are, what do you see yeah. your role as now? Are you one of these names that's brought in to bring up?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. Def. I'm a guy. I've been wrestling over seventeen years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's I've, ever since that happened, and I just started thinking like. Jesus, that's a long ass time. Yeah. It's a long time. Well, just as we were talking, yeah. like I was thinking about
0: like where did where did I first learn about you and yeah. then like how long and it has mm-hmm. been
1: September twelfth, nineteen ninety eight was my first pro wrestling match. And I actually recently last week I uh, drove to the Heartland flea market, where I had my first match. Is it still there? It's a parking lot Oh, yeah. I' was so no. disappointed. I was like, oh, because uh, I was in Dayton I also took pictures of hair Arena, uh-huh. which is where I would watch w w f as a kid right uh i my first ever wrestling show I went there in in probably May or June of eighty nine mm-hmm. and then heat wave ninety eight was there ninety nine uh-huh. Um, the first ever Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair singles match was in Hera Arena. It was a TV taping there. So just a lot of history to kind of go back there. And it's, you know, it's in a state of disrepair now. They well, still have events. They have like monster truck stuff there. But it's we, the same building. It's, it's had the no same key. building. It's the same building. It was, it was very nostalgic checking that out. My when mom you, used to take me there.
0: When you were a little kid growing up watching wrestling, mm-hmm. did you watch everything or were you... A WWF. Kid. I
1: watched everything I could. Yeah. Um, my parents had a satellite dish, so occasionally I would get some World Class, or I'd get some IWCCW, which is you know the Jersey ish. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Tony Rumble, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would try to watch as much as possible. Yeah, because I remember when because you bringing up Ric Flair and Hogan mm-hmm. wrestling, like
0: I was such a WWF kid. Yeah that I didn't know who Ric Flair was when he showed up. I didn't know why we would want to see a Ric Flair-Hogan match. I'm like, who is this real-world champion, and what's that fake belt he's got?
1: (laughs) Not realizing it was like the most decorated. Uh, So I got... I started getting PWI magazines. Yes. And then that's when I would read up about everybody and like, oh, all these people and all these pictures and then I would go to flea markets and I would get older magazines from the early eighties and such and just find out about all these people and like Rick Martell had short hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. What is, why does Kurt Hennig have facial hair? Like yeah. what are, you know, all these different things that happened and then that's I kinda of filled in the blanks there. So yeah. I watched wrestling religiously from like eighty nine to 90 almost 94 Mm -hmm. and then I took like a two and a half year you took a break I took a break why would you take a break? I just was – I got into high school and it just didn't interest me as much anymore. Wow. Yeah, I just
0: – And I mean I guess 94 is probably if like, you're going to take
1: a break, that's the time yeah, to take a break. Yeah, you're going to – King Mabel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. the one that always gets this shit unfortunately. <laughs> but but that era of stuff, I just I, – I don't know. I just – because I got into high school um, and I played football and everything was time-consuming and I I just lost interest. I just – Every now and again, I would look at a magazine or I'd look in the toy aisle and see some stuff, but I just kind of fell out of it. And then it wasn't until my senior year in in 97, 98 Mm -hmm. that Nitro blew up. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, they're doing this thing with Hall and Nash and whatever, and these people are here. So then it kind of caught my eye again and I used to watch the shows and they had all these Japanese guys on and... And then slowly I got back into WWF and then, and then that's when the internet became more widespread. Right. So then I could just, Oh, I wonder what happened to this guy. Oh, cool. And you get And there. you learn yeah. all, everything For you sure. missed. sure. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you learn all the, the original wives tales of pro wrestling. Sure. You know, the ultimate warrior died and was replaced by Carrie Von <laughs> yeah. That kind of yeah. stuff, you know, but it was on the internet. So you're like, Oh, what's going on here? And, um, and then a friend of a friend, uh, I played volleyball at the end of my senior year, and a friend on the team was like, Hey, you want to go watch uh, Halsey? He's got a wrestling match. Well, I was like, what? How? How is this possible? Yeah. What? So it was a guy that was a couple years older than me, had gone to my high school, had a match, and I was, okay, I got to go. So I went to the show, and it was at the Irvin J. Nutter Center, which is where the first King of the Ring was, mm-hmm. the first pay-per-view King of the Ring. Um, and I think that's where they go back and have tapings and stuff there. Uh, so I went in. I was trying to get tickets, and they're like, "Oh no, sweetie, it's it's over there." So I, <laughs> so I look, turn around, and in the parking lot, uh-huh. there's a wrestling ring, right? A guardrail, and then like a hundred people. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa!" Okay. I to check your mind yeah. blown because there's this whole other world. Yeah, of Yeah, I was going to go into the arena. Right. And, no, so I got, and then it just basically. Took away all the intimidation that I had because as a kid oh, I want to be a pro wrestler yeah whatever I also wanted to be GI Joe right um, so you're like I could do this yeah, 100 no, in front of hundred people parking s- exactly I'm like okay where do I go I, how do I become one of these people you know yeah. had you had the Atomic Rhino uh, <laughs> you had Buzzsaw you had Mister Saturday Night you had all these different guys yeah. and I was like oh, okay I'm one of them now too is that when you um, start thinking of names right away uh, it took me a little while do you know what my first wrestling name no. was no i don't <laughs> i was the wife beater <laughs> <laughs> i so, love that that's such a genuine reaction it's so uh, evil named after the tank top well of course uh, sure but it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek like hey i'm this 18 year old kid but i wear a wife beater because me and my buddies would wear wife beaters and we'd go to basketball games and sure stuff, whatever and i had some like really tattered ones I'm like mm-hmm. okay and i'm just i'm gonna be wife beater so people see the name on a piece of paper and go what is this? Yeah, and then I come out and I'm you're just you know, a guy in a yeah, white yeah. <laughs> coming yeah. out to smack my bitch out by prodigy. Um, no, I like the song. This is my favorite shirt. Yeah. What's everybody's yeah. problem? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I don't shave yet. You know, yeah. uh, so that basically <laughs> that happened. Yeah, you're way too young. Like, yeah, who, he's 18. He doesn't have a wife. Yeah, I just beat other people's wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't say I beat my own wife. Yeah. I'm a guy who beats wives. The, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like a. There's like, I'm like a liaison. Somebody comes to me <laughs> yeah. having trouble with his wife. Just <laughs> it's, call up this 18 it's year like old The big kid. boss man's a cop. The Mountie's a Mountie. I'm a guy who beats wives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And a funny, funny thing about that is I used that name because I didn't have a better name at the time and whatever. I thought it was kind of catchy and it, people would remember. It. Even if they hated it, they remember it. So I got booked to do this show in Wisconsin in May of 1999. They put up some posters mm-hmm. and some women's groups were like, Wife beater. Yeah. What kind of? The, what are they glorifying here? So they like picketed the the show before you know, like before that's the amazing show even for happened. You. So that actually became a news story, and it got it, the AP picked it up and like put it around. Did you wrestle in CZW as a wife beater? See, that's a separate. That's there, what I was getting. Two, that's the only exactly. wife beater I know of. There were two wife beaters at the same time. That's because that's when I started. Tape trading, like yeah. that's when the whole yeah. world opened up to me. The wife beater, Matt Martini from from uh, New Jersey. So did you get mad yeah. because okay, somebody so was stealing I your wife beater gimmick? Uh, I mean, at the time, I was just I looked it up to make sure that I was wife beater first, <laughs> and then when I figured that out, I was like, eh, okay, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I was you. also wife beater with two words. His wife, was one beater, beater. exactly. Right, right, w B. Right. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So they picketed this, and then there used to be the show called Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, right? And they brought it up on the show, but you were the one because I remember the news story, and I remember the CZW wife beater. Well, it was it was yeah, but you were the one who got the bad press. Yes, I'm the one with the bad press. Uh, They never said my real name because I guess nobody ever knew my real name. But but there was an episode with Tom Green, and they were talking about like, (laughs) well, Brett the Hitman Hart's not an actual hitman, right? You know, Jake the Snake isn't a snake. (laughs) You know, so what's wrong with the wife beater? Like it was a funny little thing, and I'm like I'm like 19 at the time, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. uh, but then, and then, do
0: you start to like key in? Like, I don't know if I want to get like world
1: famous as the wife beater. No, it didn't. That didn't dawn on me. But uh, I got an opportunity to work for an NWA company, and he was just like, "No, dude, you got to come up with a new name. I, you're, I like your stuff in the ring. I'll give you some shows, but we got to come up with something different." Mm-hmm. So on the way to the show, I came up with Chris Hero. <laughs> you were like, "What's yeah. the opposite of a wife yeah. beater? A hero. Yeah, I could be a hero. <laughs> I'm the domestic counselor, Chris Hero. <laughs> but
0: isn't that like?" Yeah. <laughs>
1: But isn't that, like, the classic story of, like, this name that now... I mean,
0: you dropped it for a little bit when you were in WWE, but you came right back to it. Like, that's the name. That's the 17-year-long name. Yeah. And
1: you just kind of thought of it in a car. For sure. And it's like... It's so simple. It's so stupid. You know, Chris Hero. It's like <laughs> yeah. a first name, and then what I do. You yeah. know, like and what's John your real Plummer. first name? Yeah, it's Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> Chris yeah. and oh, I'm Hero. Chris. Yeah, Hero. I just thought it was an accurate portrayal of myself as right. an individual. <laughs> right. And when did you? Because this is what I was thinking about with you. Like I'm trying to figure out a good logo for
0: a T-shirt, and like you, the Chris <laughs> Hero logo. You've been able to figure out. I think I had like a a Ring of Honor era. Black gold foil Chris Hero t-shirt. I think that's Hell the one. yes. I, yes. That's yes. awesome.
1: I think it probably says Chris is awesome on the back of I think of it. so. Clap, yeah, clap, yep, clap. Yep, yep. Yeah.
0: Um, when did you come up with the Chris Hero logo or who did? Did you commission um, someone
1: f- for that? So actually, uh, my good friend Andy Nick, uh, he's a uh, web designer in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Greatly successful now. Uh, he and I were buddies in high school. He was on my volleyball team. Mm-hmm. He actually attended the wrestling match with me, mm-hmm. uh, and then later, you know, when I came up with Chris Hero, I don't know how. I th- I'm, I mean, not that it's very creative, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know when the thought entered into my mind, and I was like, oh, kind of like the S dips. It can be like a C, like okay. So then I explained it to my buddy Andy. Yeah, and then he just. With his like, he had a picture of like a really small picture of a Superman thing, uh-huh. and he just started. He made it with his hand on on his computer, he just clicked it all together, and that's it. Just, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. At his parents at his parents' house in Englewood, Ohio, <laughs> he just <laughs> he just sketched it up. And I I'm very fortunate to know a lot of. Graphically talented people and just yeah. artistically talented people because I'm not artistically inclined. I'm an idea person. Right. I can say, all right, I want this and whatever, blah, blah. blah. But I. As far as doing it myself, <laughs> it's, it's not, not going to look happen. good. It's not going to look good. But, like, for instance, one of the famous ones is Dave Bogart. He does yeah, course, all the pro course, and yeah. stuff. I'm like, Dave, I got this idea. And I'll tell him the idea, and oh. then he'll bring it to life. And isn't it amazing when you find artistic people like Dave is, yeah. who, like, you can just message him and he'll be like, okay, got it. And, like, he'll just disappear for a day and come back, and he's got this amazing stuff. Oh, man. My latest one is: I've got a shirt uh, coming out. Uh, for Death by Elbow, which is my team with JT Dunn. Uh that's just emojis. It's just three emojis, right? <laughs> uh-huh. So I told Dave about it, and you can't find emoji in high res, so you have right. to recreate it. So he's like he's like, here you go, but you have no idea how hard this actually <laughs> was. <laughs> I had to like hand draw these these emojis and they look perfect. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. So you got the one and then how
0: how Later on, was it? Because I know now. Do you realize? Well, I love Wu Tang,
1: so <laughs> why don't I just do a whole bunch of stuff and a whole oh, bunch of man. chants just dedicated to Wu Tang? That was a, a guy reached out to me, a, a Chicago designer named Jim Lee, and mm-hmm. he was just like, "Hey, man, I had this idea. What do you think?" And I'm like, of course, yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is fantastic. And like, you know, I maybe made like, hey, turn it this way or carve it out a little. You know, maybe mm-hmm. made a couple tweaks, but it was it was all him. And then I I do love Wu Tang. I thought it was amazing last night. I don't think anybody else picked up on it. That when Chris Dickinson was announced, they announced him from Killa Hills 10304. I think uh-huh. I think that's the code, but that's Staten Island, right? Right, you know, right. And that's off the Jizz's album, Liquid Swords. Yeah. So just. The things I love in life, of course, I love wrestling. Right. Uh, I love hip-hop music. I do love all music, but mm-hmm. hip-hop especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love basketball. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just such a big basketball fan. I enjoy it all. Uh, I love like comedic things, whether it's stand-up or funny movies or just people being funny. Like I love that stuff. So anytime I can combine any of that stuff into what I do and share it with right. my fans, not only does it – help introduce them to other stuff. It strengthens the connection that we have. Cause I always have people to be like, Hey, did you check out this album? Did you do this or whatever? And that's not just, Hey, I think Chris here is a good wrestler. I'm going to cheer for him. Right. It's, and all of a sudden you can have yeah, a conversation with your fans. about absolutely. something besides wrestling. Absolutely. And, and you know, I know people now in music and I know some actors and I know some writers, etc. So anytime I can share any of that with anybody else, I just, I love being able to well, do
0: It's that. amazing when you come across, like you have no idea how many people are wrestling fans.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And like these people were you look like at P W G last night, you're just like, okay, there's that guy from this. And right. You're here, oh, okay, all right, and that that's that guy's brother. Right. And, then, and you're like, I don't know, I'm Joe Manganiello
0: was here a couple of times yeah. ago, so he <laughs> might be here. I don't know.
1: Uh you saw the you saw the one um the modern family chick, Sophia. Sophia Vergara. Vergara, that's yes. how you say it. But they did this post show angle where like everybody gets laid out mm-hmm. and then she just like Leans up against (laughs) takes takes a selfie of herself with like battered body in the background. And then she also posted a selfie. Maybe not a selfie, this maybe this one was a picture. Picture before the show posing by the ring. Uh But the guys are in the ring, like stretching and working you know what I mean? Like I'm in the ring getting ready to do like a roll. So it's just like a behind the scenes, just a really (laughs) funny and it's like nine hundred thousand likes on Instagram. Of course, oh. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have more exposure yeah. than you've ever had because yeah. one person decides <laughs> it's selfie time. And I'm bent over in
0: gym shorts. <laughs> I'm like, all right, there it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I and I guess that also answers when you started or why you started matching gear to your basketball jerseys. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, I mean.
1: So, when I was, it actually started in NXT. Uh, uh-huh. I got a set of gear for the Orlando Magic. And it was just an idea I had for a little while. Uh, my friend Dwayne from from uh, the UK helped me put some stuff together. And I had mock-ups for a lot of different outfits for Cassius Yeah, that a couple got lost in the mail. I actually have photos of the outfits. So I know they were made. They just kind of got lost in the mail. So So somebody may have them for sure. Yeah. They may, because he sent them to my Tampa address when I lived in Orlando. So it's just kind of lost. But so I had a couple of those. And then once I got back to the Indies, The last thing on my my mind was, excuse me, was getting new gear made because I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna do as many shows as possible, and then eventually I'm just like, man, I want some new stuff, right? And my thing is, I have. 60, 70 sets of wrestling gear. Well, that's... A, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that's stupid. I shouldn't have that many, but I I like it, you know? And so. fans like it, like... <laughs> yeah, for you know, sure. When, and when you're
0: growing up, like, that was the best yeah. part of Shawn Michaels. He always had a different pair of tights on every show.
1: Yeah, I was moving some stuff into storage recently, and then I put all my gear up that I currently wear, not right. my Kings of Wrestling stuff, not my old baggy pants or whatever, right. which I've kept all of that That's stuff, That's going to ask you. Yeah. you keep I, I everything? keep it all. Keep it all. Even
0: like kind of the 90s rave gear? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they were not completely destroyed, I kept them. Yeah. You know, my old ring jackets, whatever. I got all that stuff in tubs. Uh, but I saw like all my trunks. I was like, God, I like have every color. I have pink trunks. I got yeah. purple trunks. Yeah. No, but, and then I'm just like, all right, well, what can I get from? I get my stuff from a guy in Japan Mm -hmm. and he just, he makes my boots, he makes my, my trunks, whatever. And he just does such an excellent job with it. And he's reasonably priced. So every time I go over, I'm like, all right, I want this and this and this. So he actually, I didn't, I just, uh, I've known him for years, but with the translation, we don't always have conversations. (laughs) Uh It's usually like this, please. Maybe. Okay. You know? So at this time I sat and talked with him for a while about when he got into designing gear and whatever, and he was just a fan. Right. Uh, and he liked making masks. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was just like a novice mask maker. And then he made a tiger mask and he went to get it signed from Misawa, who was the second tiger mask mm-hmm. and Misawa signed it for him and was like, Hey, these are pretty good. Like, uh, have you ever thought about, you know, make making some more? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll try it. You know? Yeah. So he started making tiger masks for Misawa. And then he was just like, Misawa was like, so, uh, how about boots? Make boots, <laughs> make tights, and then my friend Oguri is his name. His mother was, you know, was a seamstress, so right. she taught him some stuff, and then now he makes. Okada, Tanahashi, whatever—all these guys. He's done Kawada, Kobashi, Masao, all—all those guys. He's made didn't stuff for didn't
0: all. Doesn't it of trip them. you out when you meet somebody that's got that kind of talent? Yeah, and like just
1: doesn't realize uh, that they can use. He's it? He's just a very unassuming guy, yeah. and you know, we send Facebook messages when we're trying to figure out what what kind of stuff I want to order, and then. Like okay, cool, man. This guy, and he's like, "Oh, please!" So I was asking him. I was like, "You have old costumes?" He's like, "Oh, many." So he, in his, you know, he's got ring jackets, whatever. He's like, "Oh, next time, please come to my office." Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Wanna... Do you still geek out over like wrestling memorabilia? Course, and the old, like... I don't know if you ever look at my Instagram, but I think in a, a couple posts in like the last year and a half, when I get back from Japan, I'll throw all my stuff on a. Oh yes, I bed. see him on Facebook. Yeah, 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 and what I'll do is I'll I mean, I won't just throw it I'll like neatly organize it so I can fit everything into a picture. I was like, "Hey, this is what I got." And it'll be tons of obscure stuff and right. just I I love all that. So you I don't love everything. I'm very specific in what I do like. But but what I, what don't you like? Um man, I'm not into Old WWF stuff, really. It's got to be like an obscure Under the Giant thing, or there's some. I like the is characters. That, is that because it was like mass produced in America? Yeah, and yeah, stuff like, that's yeah. easily. You know, I like random things like, for like, I like Zeus from Noble. <laughs> sure, of course. Like, what a You know what I mean? What a yeah. crazy. As a kid, I like Kamala. Uh-huh. Uh, I like Abdul the Butcher. Right. Uh, I like Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. I like Muta. I like mm-hmm. Kabuki. I like all those Missing Link. All those crazy yeah. characters. I like, so anything I can find of that stuff that's not very you know common, I like getting it. Yeah. Or like like for instance, I'm wearing a Takayama, a yeah. Takeyama shirt right now, and he's badass. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you were talking about you were talking
0: about uh, your gear when you left NXT, and yeah. you kind of sounded like I don't even know. I'm just going to do as many shows as I can. So when yeah. you're uh, when you leave NXT. Mm-hmm. Is your mindset just, I'm gonna go on the Chris Heroes Back tour and I don't even know what I'm gonna do after this. I don't know if like,
1: yeah, I it's just like, okay, um, let me look at my schedule. All right, this boom, 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 boom. And it's not really any thought as far as six months, I want to do uh, a year, I want to do no, it's just like, all right, let me, I want to work for these people, I need to respond to all these emails, I need yeah. to get this and just to figure out a schedule. What were you thinking about leaving wrestling? No, no, never, no, never. You just didn't know exactly what you were. No, do. I just didn't know where or what or if I was because my lease was coming up in Orlando, right? And like, I have no reason to leave Orlando, right? You know, I my mom lives in Ohio, uh-huh. and she's gonna come to Orlando before I go to Ohio, right? No right. No offense, just it, the climate's better. It's easy to travel in and out of. Um no, never. I'll always be involved in wrestling in in some way. Right, but I guess way. it's that
0: trying to figure out. Okay, the, this is like the third stage. Yeah, that a lot of it's not really spelled out. It's like it's yeah. it's it's steps, mm-hmm. and then you get to this third stage where it's like, no, we're going back to the indies, and how mm-hmm. do we do this in a way that's not yeah. a step backwards? Yeah. It's actually we're still moving
1: forward. Oh, absolutely. And the cool thing was, I've always felt like a bridge in the fact that I can understand. And appreciate the more old school guys Mm -hmm. and I can, you know, morph to fit them. But then also the new young guys, I know I very much have that in me, like the young bucks, for instance, you know, like I can do that stuff too, but then I can also, uh, be in the ring with a Larry Zibisco or Whatever. Uh-huh. That's a weird example. <laughs> I have wrestled him one time, but uh, but for, you know what I mean. I feel yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Could, I, I could blend in NXT with you know the new guys, uh-huh. the guys who have no wrestling experience at all, or I could be in the ring with a Seth Rollins or an Antonio Cesaro and and bring that style back. Or, right. or so when it when it comes to the indies, it was just a matter of getting reacclimated. To like one of my f- I, my second match back because you were at my first match back. I wrestled Hurricane. Yes. I uh, I don't think you were at Dragon Gate the next day, but I, I was not Johnny Gargano. And making sure we got that match put together was like, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> so much it, yeah. from what I was used to, and it's and it's just kind of like a, can I still do that? Right. And then right we had because the match, I mean, it's and one it was thing- like. Of course I could still do that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I you know, you get those feelings every now and again because there's so many good wrestlers. There's so many. And it always challenges you to go, Well fuck, could I do that? Right. You know, could I, uh. But then I feel like like last year professionally for me um was my best year overall as far as in ring work because mm-hmm. I had such a variety of opponents. Um, you know, from Timothy Thatcher to Pentagon Jr. to Zack Sabre Jr. to guys that people weren't really familiar with, like Tommy End or mm. Speedball or Trevor Lee, um, and then to go to Japan and then, you know, be in the ring with, with those guys. And it just – the way my year was spread out, I got to have so many fun different matches with people. And it was it's constantly challenging. It's never – I never get nervous, but I'm always just like, all right, what am I going to do this time? Like last night, for instance, with Roderick. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like – He had such an incredible year last year. Yeah. Just amazing. And I've known him forever. He's another guy that's been in the ring over 15 years. So I'm like, what can I do in this match that will make people really think this is going to happen, or what, right. and make people really care. Mm-hmm. So that's why looking at the card, the way the card was, that's why I chose to attack him right at the beginning. Because what am I going to do, sit in hammerlocks with him for twenty minutes, right? And and pull the people down, right? You know, there's a time and a place to pull the crowd down, but like I figured, serious business from the get go. Let's get going, and then when it, that's why we involved the referees to just. Create a little bit more emotion like, oh, what's going to happen? And it was more like old school wrestling for sure. Yeah. And I'm very much I've watched so much wrestling and I've paid, you know, stockpiled so many different things in my head that I know what all the tells are. Mm -hmm. You can you can watch Raw. And you can go, okay, the referee's standing there because this is going to happen. Okay. The guy takes the corner. Okay, he's going to put his boot up. You're going to... So I try... Any any tell that I can notice, I try not to do. Right. So, for instance, you think Rick Knox is being booted out of the match. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do something fishy with Justin. Sure. Right? So then it comes... Time and he just sacrifices Justin anyway. <laughs> right. So here comes Rick Knox and they're like, "Oh, Roddy's gonna get his." You yeah. know Here it comes and then Rick Knox is gone. Right. So then Justin comes back up and then it's the slow. Like, uh, kick what's out, gonna happen? Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's the belt shot and you're like, yeah. oh, "Oh, big kick out." Uh. So like you play, I play off the patterns that are pre-established. Right. Uh, it's hard to do that if. the the patterns aren't established, so you have to know what your audience is into. And for instance, the match we had last night would not have played as well in a WWE setting or this setting. But at the same time, I wouldn't have had that same match there because I would have played audience. with the patterns there. Because it's like it's a swerve in a movie. It's you know, ever since Usual Suspects and and Kaiser Soze sure. and Verbal Kent or okay. Now we're like, oh, something. So now we've got Swerve in the it. back of our right. head and whatever. And it's like each M. Night Shyamalan movie gets worse and worse and worse because <laughs> you're waiting. You're like, yeah. I really want it to happen this time. And so with pro wrestling, it's the same thing. This happens. So this is going to happen. Yeah. Know? My – I want to not – I obviously, I want to have great matches and I want to do whatever. But I want to evolve pro wrestling. I want to push it forward. Mm-hmm. And for instance, um, you have a match – a guy does a sunset flip in the middle of the match, you think, Oh, he's just gonna kick out and the guy's gonna close him and go back. Right. Well what if the match ends in the sunset flip? All right. right. So you you have your okay, it might disappoint some people, right? But you start to educate them that oh a match can end at any time. Right. So And long term you're changing yeah, their expectations of and everything. And it's gotta it it can't, you know. One match a show, it just ends randomly, you right. know. Boom! Beginning of the match, one, two, three. Holy shit! Yeah. So, it, it, like, it sucks in the short term because some people get disappointed, and you, if you have fans that you know may just change the channel or go somewhere else sure. it's it's a risk but i think in the long term you just educate them to, to think that anything can happen at any time mm-hmm. and then that's when there's the most drama when you're just like i don't god damn it i don't know what's gonna happen right, uh, right. and then so you you we're all smart as wrestling fans right mm-hmm. so we go oh, i knew that was gonna happen so then when the first time this is gonna be it and it's not you sit up out of your seat a little bit and you go, okay, it's, it's, it's going to be the next one, right. I'm sure. And then that's why these matches are getting so, oh, 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 oh. And for
0: wrestling fans, there's no in-between. It's like, I know what's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, you go, whoa, whoa. And then <laughs> yeah. you're standing up in your seat and then you're,
1: then you're ready for it. So I feel like uh, 2008 when I got the green light to – start going with the elbow stuff. And that was my version of, Hey, a match can end at any time. Yes. I can hit you with an elbow here or, or if this, you know, this one doesn't work or that one doesn't work or I'll kick you in the face or whatever. So that was my slow education. And now because of that, I can do a lot of different things. And people are like, Oh, Oh, this could be it. Yeah. You know? And that's, oh, that's what I love. I love being able to, to just manipulate in that fashion. You're a bigger guy than you have been. No. Yes. I yeah. Did you do this?
0: Intentionally, like because now when I watch you wrestle, it reminds me very much of like one of the older school <laughs> strong style Japanese yeah. guys, like the yeah. guy, you know, like yeah. like the guys that you look up to. For sure, because you're still moving like you always mm-hmm. moved. You're hitting harder than you've ever hit before. Yeah, and like you
1: said, that you're doing the best matches of your career. You know, it's. I like how you worded that too. Very, very kind. Well, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, it's a bigger guy. No, but it's <laughs> it's a combination of like I had uh, a couple different bouts with lower back spasms that were pretty rough. Not not rough, seriously, but right. just pretty rough pain and hard to travel in and stuff. So so that kind of uh, set me back for a little bit, and I was trying to manage that. And like I'm, I feel so much better now. It's mm-hmm. Just do you have to maintain. Uh, just the different musculature of your body, just yeah, to make what sure. Where were the back spasms from? Just uh, one was playing basketball. Man. And it wasn't a thing that happened. It was after walking to my car, and I'm like, oh man, I got like a kink here. Yeah. Or whatever. And then the next day, you know, and the next day, and then for the next seven days, you can't move or you can stand up at like a 90 degree angle for a little while. Yeah. And you just, it's muscle. You just kind of have to let it let it chill out. Um, and any time I've hurt my back like that, it's been on something silly. Uh, WrestleMania weekend in Phoenix years ago, mm-hmm. I rolled out of the ring, and I misjudged because it was a different ring, so it was maybe about two inches taller. Yeah. So I, my body expected to land two inches sooner, so that when I landed, it was a jolt. And I was right. like, oh, my God. And then the next day, excruciating pain. Oh. Uh, one time I was in a three-way with uh, – Seth Rollins and Damian Sandow and mm-hmm. I got thrown out of the ring and I just landed kind of funny and these aren't serious these aren't like ER injuries these are just like I need to be flat for like five to six days yeah you know and yeah. just hydrate and whatnot. so anyway so so, the, I, so the different different back injuries over the past couple years and then also going getting some blood work done and trying to balance some stuff out with my thyroid I still don't really know a whole lot about it I'm I'm working to to get better at it and then also it's The knowledge in my head that, like, as long as I feel good, as long as I'm tearing it up in the ring, yeah, I'm not as concerned. It's not that I'm not concerned at all. Like, I want to look good, I want to feel good, but I would rather feel good as opposed to focusing more on looking good. Does that make sense? It does. And the and the, I mean, I'm always going to have detractors. I'm always have people that I'm just not their cup of tea. But right, that's what's great about this. It's perspective. Yeah go to a different YouTube video. <laughs> right. You know, go right. to a different show or go get a drink during intermission, and the, and, whatever. And
0: it is, is—it's no, YouTube video is right because <laughs> yeah. the people who are at the shows, yeah. it
1: never comes up. For sure. Like, it's, for sure. it's like, as long as you're still, like I said. And because it's so much easier when it's two, in two dimensions. When, when I'm, right. for my size, and like I talked about my lucha training for three years, yeah, I yeah. just learned a couple techniques that I, you know, can move myself around. And when I was even bigger, when I was like almost 300 in like the early 2000s, Mm-hmm. That's when I started working on stuff, and I could do that stuff then. So when all the weight came off, I was just like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Wow! Chip up, flip, do yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da So seeing me do my stuff in person, uh, whether it's my strikes or whether it's how I kind of maneuver my body in and out of the ring, it's I think it's it it shuts some people up. Yeah. Um, or it just, yeah, you know, it's not as big of a deal, you know, I never remember watching a Stan Hansen match and going like, man, look at his belly. Right. It you know, he's too busy up. fucking knocking someone's teeth out. Right. Right. Which is, <laughs> so, yeah, which is why you've gotten so good. At so, so hard. just long story short, not to say that it's not a concern of mine. I'm just, I want to take care of my body. I want to feel better. And I would just want to keep having kick-ass matches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's what's going on. So did you, you know, you're talking about three years of training, uh, as a, in, in Lucha, uh, <laughs> Jess is having a Just cough. Just cough. Just cough. Get it out. Just get it, get out. it out
1: of you. I did like that <laughs> Mission Impossible style.
0: Yeah, she was trying to duck below the cameras, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. I couldn't tell if she was having a hard attack. We
1: can always just switch to that camera. that's we <laughs> yeah. right?
0: <laughs> um, uh, You were talking about uh, training Lucha, mm-hmm. and now you're getting reminded that you need water, too, because you're watching Jess have a coughing fit. <laughs> Hydration <laughs> is key. Uh, is this something where, throughout your career, you've always like wanted to pick up on new styles and just keep learning, learning, learning? learning? Absolutely.
1: Um, so I didn't get to explain, but when I got into wrestling in the summer of '98, when I became I started training and started having matches. I wasn't super smart to wrestling as far as knowing what was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, oh, you know, Goldberg's hot in WCW. And then here's the Attitude Era or whatever. All this stuff was going on. And then it wasn't until I started being around more people that were in wrestling and then like, oh, Dynamite Kid had some stuff in Japan. Wow. he I thought he was just the tag, you know, Davy Boy's partner. Right. I always wondered what happened to him. And then you start watching him and tiger mask. And then you start watching, uh, I, I was a big fan of, I liked Muda, I liked mm-hmm. Muda a whole lot. And then, uh, Liger came in. I thought Liger was cool. And then Ultimo was in WCW. So those different guys, I sought out their Japanese work just to see what kind you know, what they were all about. And then that opened up a whole new world for me. So right. once that happened, I'm I'm just like, I need to learn how to do this or I want to do this or I want to, et cetera. Um, Another one was finding my first uh, glimpse of British wrestling. And, of course, I had seen William Regal um, and Fit Finley, Dave Taylor. I'd seen those guys in WCW. But when I got my first – I saw my first Johnny Saint match, it just – it blew my mind. It blew my mind to the point that we used to order video cassettes in England – in PAL format, PAL sure. format. Sure. And we would pay to have them transferred to NTSC. Uh-huh. So we would watch these grainy third generation, British yeah. comps of Johnny Kidd and Zoltan Boschik and Jim breaks and just this British style. So, uh, you know, things fell into place and Dave Taylor, uh, still had a ring from WCW at a training camp down in Atlanta, myself, CM punk, um, a steel. We all went down to Atlanta, Georgia, and we spent a week with Taylor Finley and Regal. Uh, and then we learned authentic. Hey, this is how you put the hold on. Mm-hmm. This, you know, because you can watch something on film and you can try to mimic it, but right. to actually put it on to know which way to hold the joint, which way to whatever, to, to spin around. And you could tell the difference, yeah. like, last night at the PWG show watching... Zach. Uh, no. Oh. Well, yeah, Zach is okay.
0: definitely, but Thatcher and, yeah. and Gulag... Oh, for sure. Like,
1: like,
0: they're like, no, they're grappling. Like, yeah. they are really yeah. wrestling. There's yeah. no sort of... Yeah, like
1: on his off days, Timothy Thatcher's up in Toronto training at the Battle Arts gym with right. Shinye Ishikawa. <laughs> so, Yeah. So once these style, I started recognizing this. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta learn this. So I, I had basically shoddy training for my first uh, nine months in wrestling, six months, whatever. Then I ended up at Les Thatcher school, mm-hmm. um, where I met like Nigel McGuinness, BJ Whitmer, those guys. Yeah. Then from there, uh, I ended up doing. I did a couple camps with Dory Funk Jr. in Florida. I did two of his camps. So I learned a little bit from him. Then I did training uh, the British camps with Taylor, Finley, and Regal. Then a couple years later, I ended up learning the lucha. And I trained both in the States and in Mexico. So I did that. Uh, And then I also was going over to Europe a lot more regularly. So I was spending time over there. And then also in 2009, I got to stay in the Provost Noah Dojo. So I was able to just kind of like – let me pick up a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Yeah. And then that's what I present to the fans is like, okay, I got this from this. I got right. this from this, et cetera. So anybody that's kind of like a wrestling nerd like uh-huh. that or like, oh, he's doing that move because he picked that up from this. And, oh, this style is a thing that, oh, he took this move, but then he changed it to make it his own, et cetera. So I, I've added all that stuff in there. And that's why I've done so well over the years with training seminars because I can – pass down a lot of secondhand knowledge that mm-hmm. I've picked up in these different places. Totally. Yeah.
0: How do you feel now that we're long enough removed from being in NXT? Mm-hmm. How do you feel not being there? Do you feel like it was, you know, whatever universe, based on the universe, the right move for you? Or do you look at like, you know, Claudio and Seth Rollins and be like, that's where I should be. Because <laughs> there's two schools of thought. You look at it and go like, those are my friends. That's where I should be. Mm-hmm. Or you look at the year you just had. Yeah. And say, no, no, no. This is where I was supposed to be.
1: You know, it's, I try not to think along the lines of, I, I try not to spend too much time on, on what shoulda coulda mm-hmm. or uh, what, what if, because I, I had almost two years in FCW and NXT mm-hmm. and I, I came away from there such a better wrestler with so many more anecdotes and just different little things that I can pull up and go, Yeah, this makes sense because of this. Because I I always say this in my seminars, I always say that there comes a point every year when I'm like, All right, I got it. I understand it. I figured it out. Sure. And then just as soon as that happens, I go, Oh. I guess I need to figure this out a little bit more or, or I open my mind to this or whatever. Like reg- I remember watching uh Wrestle Kingdom last year with uh with Nakamura and Ibushi. Yeah. And it's just one of those matches that's like god. We, yeah, I gonna, mean I I've talked about that match all the could time. Could I have that match, yeah, you know, yeah. or or could you know or could I do my stuff? with that much drama and emotion right. and the Christmas and, that's, and, and that's, whatever. And it's
0: universe. That's yeah. like you're doing this is a Japanese
1: match with Japanese yeah. guys. And like, as an American yeah. fan, you're just sitting there like just uh, captivated. Yeah. By it. Yeah. So I, I'm very thankful for the time that I had there and the little blurbs of knowledge from a, from a Ricky steamboat or a dusty mm-hmm. Rhodes or, um, a, a Perry Saturn or a Christian or mm. uh, Lance Storm or who, whatever little stuff we picked up from the different people passing through, or Big Show even, you know, would come in and drop some knowledge. Um, but it's it's I'm happy. I'm so so happy to see my friends succeed. Man, when Claudio threw Big Show out of that battle royal, I mean, I lost my mind. Yeah. And then to, for for Brian to go on and take it home that night is just yeah. like the perfect. It's like, ah, oh, it's just, how could you not be completely ecstatic for all that? Yeah. You know? And, of course, there are, you know, there's bumps in the road. There's, you know, but injuries it, and, for and, both of them but right But that now. same night is the night that
0: the Shield wins their match, too. So you got Rollins over <sighs> here, and it's like, these are the guys. Yeah. These yeah. are the guys. But
1: uh, but I'm also just like, um, I, I wouldn't really say fate, but like you know things happen yeah <laughs> things will things will happen the way they're supposed to and then if they don't you just have to figure out where to go from there right so i'm very much thankful for the year that i just had and the matches and the travel and and not just that like now that before um before i went to nxt uh you know, sometimes you'd kind of have to haggle a little bit as far as getting paid a certain amount sure. for a show or you wouldn't be able to get a certain flight because of this or or you just need to go and come back because you can't spend extra money. Yeah. Well, now it's a little bit easier for me, whereas I can just kind of pick my shots a little bit more and like, oh, like, for instance, I'm in L.A. right now. Right. It's like, well, I got this show in L.A., but what I'm not doing anything for New Year's, so let's let me fly out for New Year's Eve and then stay a couple days. Yeah. I, mean, I thought about maybe maybe going to a basketball game, maybe doing whatever. But I, you know now I have a bunch of friends in a bunch of different areas, so I, I can bookend my trip with like, so I'm not like, get up at four am, right, go to the, get, fly at seven, get there, wrestle on no sleep don't sleep that night because you're, you you do not want to miss your alarm. And then back at the airport at 5. AM and right. in and out. And sometimes you do that and it's good, but I also like being able to just hang out and see friends and experience things. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm such a better place to be able to do that now. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Things are going well. I mean, yeah. I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. About yeah. Wrestling. And I like that. We didn't really have a, uh, we didn't really have a, a direction here, No, but I think that's open-ended. We can always, I mean, we can wrap on any kind of topic. So yeah,
0: you got to come back and do another podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Definitely. Well, Chris Hero, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having uh, me. And yeah, I'll talk it. to you again. All right. Thank you, man. For sure.
2: Here is Sam Roberts.
0: Big, big, big thanks to Chris Hero for being part of this week's Wrestling Podcast. Uh, like I said, one of my favorite guys right now, and also just like a super nice guy and super fun to talk to, I'm sure that we'll have him back on the podcast because so much stuff that we didn't even really scratch the surface on. I mean, we barely talked about the guys that he interacted with in NXT. We barely talked about the CM Punk stuff. I feel like everything, we got a good outline of everything, but there's a lot of stuff that we could go more in-depth in, and at some point we will. But uh, again, big thanks to Chris Hero for being a part of this week's podcast. Normally this is where I would plug the Pro Wrestling Tees Shop Store, uh, but the Pro Wrestling Tees Shop Store is going down. I am in the process of coming up with some new uh, premium limited edition merch that will be all in-house with Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, No More Middleman. Uh, It will be a complete in-house operation, talking to designers, talking to printers, talking to the whole thing. So that's on the horizon. And I think I've come up with a couple of things that you guys are going to be very, very excited about. Once they're ready to go. Uh, don't forget, I have another podcast, Sam Roberts' show on Sirius XM. You can also get that on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find it at NotSam.com. It's a taste of what I do on Sirius XM during the week, Monday through Friday. It's not wrestling related. It's just my show. Uh, it's an hour a week. If you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. You know, I very much appreciate it. Uh, there is one episode that you'll like. I think uh, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die is one of the episodes of that podcast, and he's a huge wrestling fan. So we talk a lot about wrestling. And from time to time, there will be wrestling stuff coming up on that podcast. So if you like, uh, if you just want to be entertained, give it a shot. Uh, You might enjoy it. Again, you can get it at iTunes, SoundCloud, or not com. That's uh, Sam Roberts' show on SiriusXM. Uh, Okay, let's get into it. so much going on. The Royal Rumble is this weekend. And we've got a pretty clear shot of what that's going to look like after this week's Raw. Uh, We lost a wrestler this week. A lot to talk about. Jericho and his cartwheels. I don't know what we'll get into, but I know Katie Linendoll will be with me on the State of Wrestling. So let's start this thing.
1: It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling.
0: Welcome. Here we are at State of Wrestling time. Katie Linendoll is here. Katie? No, that was last week. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Where to begin this week? Seriously. With state of wrestling.
2: It's it's the week of the Powerball, kind of.
0: That was last week too. No, dude, uh, it kind
2: of tied into this week.
0: Because of Mr. McMahon. Yeah, keep up. I well, it's a good thing Mr. McMahon wasn't the one opening, uh, reading off the winning numbers of the Powerball. He wouldn't have been able to get the job done.
2: Yeah, I think he he uh, sprained an ACL on that.
0: How how did that happen? That he couldn't get, so they're doing the Royal Rumble drawing last night. I thought it was a funny bit on paper that instead of drawing numbers, they would be drawing names to see who would get number one, and obviously every egg had Roman names. Roman Reigns' name but in I, the egg.
2: I had to tell you that.
0: Well, you told me, you predicted it before it happened. Well,
2: no, but you were like, no, there's no way. Like, it That's was like not, so I didn't obvious. say no. It was, it was executed so obviously. But it was funny. It was funny.
0: But then Vince couldn't get the egg. But open. But you
2: really think he couldn't legitimately get the egg open?
0: Yeah, he did it like four times. I mean, it was
2: it was work. Come on.
0: No, it wasn't. I mean, they referenced McMahon's billions, which was like a complete cluster.
2: You really thought that was real?
0: Yeah, you no, know, I don't think he'd get the balls open. That's why he kept throwing them back and forth. I mean, why would if if it, if he was just doing it because he thought it was funny? He's even more. Cr- well, here's what I'll do. <laughs> I got this trick I've been working. No, 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 no. That was a work. As uh, You can ask Katie Lennon all about that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I think that. Yeah, no. I could open all of them. I'm, damn it, I'm Vince McMahon. Of course I could open them.
2: Duh. <laughs> it's just like a vending machine egg.
0: All you have to do is pop them open. Yeah, no, I, I don't... I mean, maybe that's how history will, will dictate it, but I don't think there's any way that that was on purpose when he couldn't get the uh, Royal Rumble eggs open.
2: I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with you. you thinking that.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, maybe the first time it was like, obviously, he's just joking around. But then the second time and the third time and the fact that, like, they had to kind of stall and they had to throw the egg back in the thing and pull out another one. And, I mean, it just – maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I
2: think you're overthinking this, Sam. I,
0: I mean, I, I looked at it and said, there's no man who can't open Royal Rumble eggs. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm underthinking it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so – Let's get into, I I guess, where to begin. Social outcasts?
2: Oh, let's start there.
0: Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, The guy who won, so the social outcasts come out on Raw.
2: Which I think is so bizarre, by the way, that they come out with the hashtag on the Titan Tron. How come? Because they're not social, it's not even ironic. They're not social outcasts in the sense of social media. And then they use a hashtag to make it... No one thought... Well, I didn't think that. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Well,
0: that's what I said from the... From, that's what you said from, from the, the jump. Gate, yeah, the, but, the, it didn't make any sense because... But they
2: even put further the hashtag in there. It really doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, they were more... They were outcasts from the locker room, I guess. Or outcasts from... The office outcasts would make more sense. Like, the office Outcast. I, I just them. don't
2: like the name at all, to be honest.
0: Um, but I like the... Uh, I like the... Um, the group I mean I think I think they're they're really good together so it's it's awesome that there's spots for all of them I wonder though because this is like the third time I can think of and I might be wrong at least the third time that Curtis Axel has gotten you know a spot that's like oh I love Curtis Axel there was well maybe not I love but you know the first big spot Curtis Axel had was when he came out as a Paul Heyman guy Remember that mm-hmm. when he was introduced, not Michael McGillicuddy, mm-hmm. but Curtis Axel. Then that kind of you know fizzled.
2: Which we talked to Heyman about. Yes. Which actually had a surprise answer. If you want to revisit that in two sentences. Well, what did he say? Didn't he say something along the lines of he was only doing that spot to get airtime to fill while he wasn't with Brock, right? Yes. So it was kind of it was kind of short straw on Axel's part at that time.
0: Yeah, but it's not like Axel was doing anything better.
2: No, but, I mean, long-term, wouldn't you want Heyman in your corner? Oh, yeah, of
0: course, of course. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the character fizzles for sure. Like, it was like, oh, uh, mm, and then nobody really cared. I
2: think to your point, the characters fizzle. This reminds me a little of the Spirit Squad. I feel like when you have this kind of group of dudes, then they just, it's short-lived. It's funny for a second. Oh, so
0: you think social outcasts will be short-lived? I hope not. Uh Uh-huh. Because you then you had uh, uh, Axelmania, which worked great, except then Hulk Hogan turned out to be a racist, so they had to stop doing axelmania. Oh, great. I do like, if you watch the Social Outcast interview on WWE.com this week, Curtis Axel is still, Curtis Axel believes that he will win the Royal Rumble because he was never, he still hasn't been eliminated from last year. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, well, I wasn't eliminated, so of course I'm going to win. I'm going to be the only person to win from last year. Like, yes. That's good. And I do like that uh, the social outcast cannot figure out who the leader is. Like, it's obviously Heath Slater, but nobody, the other guys won't agree to that. Like, they'll be like, no, well, I guess I'm, I'm the leader, I guess. Well, no, I'm the leader, I think. Like, Bo Dallas is like, I guess I'd be the leader. Love it. Like, that's sort of like fighting for power thing. It ends up being very funny. But um, Josh, who won Tough Enough this year, who goes by Bronson Matthews now. The, the Yeti? The Yeti.
2: Is that his character still?
0: He doesn't have a character. I mean, you know.
2: Well, you know, like, is he going to carry that through?
0: I don't know. I mean, who knows if uh, he won tough enough, so odds are he'll never make it on TV. Okay. Because there really aren't many that have. Uh, but he's in the WWE Performance Center. He got a, a ni- much better contract than any other development talent gets because he won tough enough. That
2: Did he get a better contract than ZZ?
0: Slightly better, I think, but the fact that ZZ has anything at all is, like, disgusting. Agreed. Um,
2: I still want to challenge him in a mile run.
0: But he, t- I mean, there's no challenge there. Right,
2: exactly. You'll, you'll win. Right.
0: Um, the uh, But the tweet that went out from Bronson, from Josh, from whatever you're going to call him, the guy who won Tough Enough, the Yeti, was, Yep, I like it, hashtag social jobbers. <gasps> this is what he said about the social outcast. And... A lot of people are talking about this tweet for a couple of reasons and I'll get to it.
2: Screw you, Yeti.
0: Well that's the thing. You can't talk about your co workers like that. You know what I mean? When you're when you're
2: You're not in the circle of trust yet.
0: Even if you were, like, I don't think anybody on the main roster would tweet that. You know, that's something like a fan
2: What was he thinking? I don't know. This anti bullying campaign is clearly not working.
0: He needs to be a star, you think?
2: Yeah, he used to be a star.
0: He's also not a guy – he didn't grow up with wrestling. like So he's not even a real wrestling fan. He just went out and, – and it's like – it's very, that, very that, strange. Honestly,
2: that's probably the most annoying thing to me.
0: Because though, the I'm lowest saying. person on the totem pole in WWE, the lowest possible person on the main roster, is still somebody that everybody who's just at the Performance Center should be looking up to. Right? Correct. Like there, there, there is nothing – if you're at the Performance Center, if you're learning – how to be a pro wrestler. You don't have anything to say about anybody who actually does it.
2: That's just a really poor business move. Well, so wait, so he tweeted that while they were well, on Raw. On Raw.
0: Yeah, yeah. He right, it. The, right
2: in the middle of a segment or something.
0: Right. Right. So he got a lot of tweets in response. Good. Like a lot. Uh, Curtis Axel. Ha ha. Who is this douche? Cool tweet delete, punk ass. <laughs> Heath Slater. Hey Chewbacca. You get a little nervous and had to delete your tweet. Ha, ha, ha. (gasps) Hashtag punk ass. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Hashtag social
0: outcast. Uh, Adam Rose. Uh, Heathy, baby. Who is this? Maybe it's time the NXT good brothers teach him some RSPECT. The lion's den awaits. So they're going on. All of them going on. But that's because Wall Raw was happening. Kevin Owens pointed out what this guy had done. That's why he deleted the tweet.
2: This is better than the Melissa Joan Hart fiasco. Yeah,
0: this is way better because Kevin Owens responded to the tweet before anybody. Um, I'm looking for uh, Kevin
2: I, Owens, I, king of Twitter.
0: Yes, Kevin Owens is is the man on Twitter, and like you know the the Yeti or whatever his name is is all like right now he deleted the tweet and he just wrote all love no worries, and Kevin Owens was smashing him on Twitter. Uh, then Bull Dempsey started smashing him.
2: Oh, and we're we're on the bull train.
0: We're we're we're, we're all fit. we're all aboard the bull train.
2: Yeah, bull fit for TV.
0: Um, so, and then Bull goes, you know, I stuck up for you every day in class when nobody else would. And the guy goes, this guy goes, yeah, I know you did. All love. And then Bull responded. Uh, well then maybe you should do what you're supposed to do and bring everybody up and leave the business in a better place than where you found it. That's what we do. And it was just Burn. like, boom. and then this is my favorite Wait,
2: he said that publicly? on Twitter. Wow. This is good. This both is
0: good. Deleted him too. I'm assuming everybody was told to delete tweets and you can't tell like Kevin Owens to delete his tweets because Kevin Owens blocked him.
2: Yeah. King of block Island too. Uh,
0: yeah. But he's a coworker now. <laughs> like Kevin Owens like blocked the Yeti guy. <laughs> on Twitter he blocked them. And then Stardust He
2: blocked a witch and a yeti.
0: Stardust take it to di- I mean, we all know Stardust does not like uh you people who use like wrestling lingo. He does not like uh the locker room being disrespected. So he writes Android in de- en- Android? <laughs> <Enjoyed? laughs> no. This is Stardust finally breaking character. This was on his Twitter. Enjoy dressing in the hall, dick. Not block, banned. Like we just threw you out of the locker room before you even got called up. I mean, he got dismantled by everyone involved. I mean. You talk about learning your lesson. I would hope.
2: How uncomfortable.
0: Yes. How uncomfortable. How uncomfortable.
2: I guess what you have to do at this point. Go ahead. Tell me. Because I have what what I think what he should do yeah
0: retire from life like <laughs> just just realize it's not for him.
2: I was gonna say like put out one of those like PCPR quotes. It's like I would like to apologize for my behavior. No, that I doesn't really work. Respect the business and so and so.
0: No, you can't. I mean, those apologies never, never work. What all you can do and it,
2: but they're like kind of a requirement.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I I think it's a it's a nonsense requirement that just it's just a trick because the people who apologize they get punished even worse. Right. You know what I mean? Like well, then j- he
2: shouldn't have started with the delete.
0: Exactly. I mean, he's in way over his head. Ah, ah, ah,
2: ah. Ah, we do the yeti.
0: That's so funny now, is it?
2: No. Nope.
0: I would like have I would love that if he came into the gym and he was like, "What's up guys?" And everybody just turned and looked at him. Like, you dick. You dick."
2: I feel like, though, i got to play devil's advocate here because I feel bad cause we've all screwed up.
0: Oh, something. come on.
2: Yeah, but, but that's just, like, coming from a bad
0: place. Okay, you're on Today Show, right? Yeah. But you're, like, Today Show, I don't want to say the Performance Center version of Today Show, but you're at least NXT version of Today Show in the sense that you're only on, like, like once every three weeks, right? Can you imagine tweeting out? Like, thinking you were just joking around and calling, like, Natalie Morales a jobber. Like, can you imagine the shit storm that would come down on you?
2: I would never do that. Because you're smart.
0: Because you have a brain. First of all, because you don't think Natalie Morales is a jobber. She's
2: way cooler than I am. She's
0: a wonderful person. But because also you have admiration for people that are in your field. Right. That have accomplished things and that are, you know, have more experience than you. There's no devil's advocate here. Oh, I just. He has two options. Retire immediately and give ZZ your spot, which he deserves. Or, because ZZ don't know how to tweet. Do a ZZ (laughs) impersonation. I don't know. I mean, I was fresh off ZZ when I watched him on Breaking Ground. I'm watching ZZ and his dad. I was like, I spoke like ZZ for hours after I watched the episode of Breaking Ground where ZZ and his dad were hanging out. And he was like, I can't do as easy right now. It's not in my head properly. I'll do my homework, though, next week, and I'll come back as easy insulting the social outcasts. <laughs> but you either have to retire or you have to suck it up and literally spend years just busting ass because that's not one of those things. That people don't forget about that stuff. And Kevin Owens does not forget about that stuff. You're talking about Kevin Owens as a guy who's wrestled for f- how long? 15 more years, you know? Yeah. He doesn't like number 1. He already doesn't like the fact that this kid came off a football field, won a reality show and is making the amount of money that it took Kevin Owens almost his entire career to make. You know, maybe not quite, but over 10 years it took Kevin Owens to make how half a million, 250,000 whatever he's making a year. Right? Short lived though. Yeah, it's short but it doesn't have to be. But it doesn't have to yeah, be it's if a you're huge smart. Shortcut. Sh- I,
2: I've complained about this. Uh, it, that was why I told you I annoyed with tough enough.
0: Couldn't get into it, but like, if you win that, you got to come in head down, humble,
2: totally learning from in everybody. Any sport,
0: any sport, any thing really, any field, anything, anything that's a specialty. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like ah. Oh. Five interns come into the radio station and try to tell me anything. Like try to say anything. Like I'll be having my balls busted by everybody I work with. The minute the one intern says something, it's like the whole room looks at him. Like really? Oh, you got opinions now? Because you need to sit there as somebody who's not an experienced person and just learn, or get dismantled by half the roster. From
2: everything from the Civil War Club of which I was in. Right. You're on the front lines out the gate. Right. Right to WWE.
0: Right. I'm not going to come into your Civil Wars club no. meeting one waving the stars and bars. You know no. what I mean? You're like, first of all, your place. those guys lost. Second of all, <laughs> what are you so comfortable about? You just got here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, end.
2: Close the loop. I mean, that was it.
0: Right now, it's like, I, I'm sure the the, w, the, the Ugh, people in the mess. performance center had, had him delete his tweets. I would think that Bulls had, they had Bull delete his tweets too. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I want him get, to get called up to the main roster, like, now. Like, I want Vince McMahon to, t- oh, so the kids got opinions, huh?
2: Put him with that Ziegler guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how
0: about if we tag him and Ziegler? Just so I can, no. Because, you know, it's not like getting kicked out of the locker room.
2: They should, he should be the first spot in the Rumble.
0: <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be, oh, a while back, I had The Miz on, and I'm sure this interview's on YouTube, But I've spoken to The Miz before about getting kicked out of the locker room. The Miz legitimately got kicked out of the locker room. Apparently, he, like, was eating. I think he was eating food over Chris Benoit's bag. And this was obviously before Chris Benoit was a dirty word. And he was just so disliked in the locker room for being The Miz. And they looked at that as so disrespectful that they threw him out of the locker room for good. He had to change in the hall. He told me a story about having to go to the bathroom before his match, but being informed he was not allowed in the locker room. So he had to go in his gear, run out of the locker room and go upstairs and use the bathroom that the fans were using in his gear and then come back into the backstage and do his match. And you know what? Miz is a guy who dealt with it. And survived it. And I don't think now anybody would give The Miz that kind of shit. But, you know, like, he's like, okay, maybe I did screw up here and there. Maybe I just need to take these lumps for a while. And he did, and I think that's that's all you can do.
2: Well, you're a plebe. Come on. You I mean you got to start. Right. you got to work your way up in anything.
0: Right, right. Plebe is a great word. Speaking of plebes, because plebes, social outcasts and jobbers and all that stuff, we lost what? this week, to me, my Favorite jobber. I had to see. Dwayne Gill was always my favorite jobber growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. but then he ended up coming back at Survivor Series '98 and becoming Gilberg and starting the Job Squad, and he actually became a thing. Like to me, Dwayne Gill stopped being a jobber after that because you knew him. Brooklyn Brawler is not a jobber. He, he's a jobber, but he's not a jobber. Jobber concentrate. Yeah, you know, like like people know him. He's a character. You always bring him up. Iron Mike Sharp was the quintessential jobber right he's in my jobber mount rushmore i would put iron mike sharp reno riggins barry hardy and where's that guy with the mullet who said he was the italian stallion i don't remember his name but somebody tweet at not sam what was the italian (laughs) stallion the jobber who played the italian stallion that those four that's my jobber mount rushmore The Italian Stallion, Reno Riggins, Barry Hardy, and uh, Iron Mike Sharp. Those are my guys. Because, uh, you know, Brooklyn Brawler, like I said, Barry Horowitz, I can't put him up there because he had a run. Like, once you have a run, you don't get to be— That's some
2: good jobber knowledge, though, Sam.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, the amount of time—because I never understood, like, the whole jobber mentality. What year
2: did that kind of fade out, Uh, P.S.? 95-ish?
0: I mean, they still had them here and there on Sunday Night Heat, but those ended up being more like uh, uh, tryout matches and stuff. I'd say 95, because what it used to be was, and this is what I grew up watching, was every Saturday morning was WWF Superstars, and every Sunday morning was WWF Wrestling Challenge. Yep. And both of those shows were literally just jobber matches and commercials for the live events. It's when wrestling was just a business based around live events. It was... Let's plug the pay-per-view that's coming up in three months because there's only three of them or four of them a year. Let's plug the live event tickets. That's where the real matches happen. And let's say, coming up next, the British Bulldog in action. So I'm like, oh, who's he in action with? Oh, Reno Riggins. Oh, maybe this (laughs) will be Reno Riggins' shot. Nope, didn't happen. Did not happen. I love the jobber culture. I used to watch the jobbers all the time. I paid attention to every little detail when I was watching wrestling as a kid. So all these names stuck out. That's why I knew who Dwayne Gill was. Like me and my brother, Survivor Series 98, my brother and me are like driving home about to watch the pay-per-view and it's a mystery opponent in the thing. And either me or my brother goes, wouldn't it be funny if they have Dwayne Gill come out as the mystery guy? Ha, 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 ha. That's so funny because he loses all the time. We haven't seen him in years. (laughs) Dwayne Gill is the mystery guy. And it blew our little minds. But I've I've always had a strong... Jobber respect and knowledge. I mean, Carmela's dad was a jobber. Was we learned that here on the podcast.
2: That. I, I was very impressed by that. Yeah,
0: yeah, very much so. But who, yes,
2: who do you think? Let's play trivia. Name the ultimate jobber turnaround of all time.
0: Um, legit.
2: Yeah, like in ring. Like,
0: because you would say that the classic would be one, two, three, kid. That's where I was going. But he was kind of brought in for that reason. I never really it would cons- count. Consider him a jobber. I mean, that's the one, for sure. But, you know, I mean, it's surprising that Barry Horowitz had a run. Louis Spicoli, who had a run as Rad Radford and then had a run in ECW as Louis Spicoli, was... The Hardy Boys are probably the ultimate rags-to-riches jobber story. The Hardy Boys were like 16-year-old jobbers in WWF. And did know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The young Hardy Boys were jobbers. Wow. And they just kept coming and kept coming. And then... You know, eventually they gave him those tight T-shirts and Jenko jeans, and Michael Hayes is a manager, and they got to be the new brood and, and the whole thing. But, um, yeah, I'd say the Hardy Boys are probably the best example of jobbers that turned into That's a good answer. legit stars. That's just at the top of the head, so there could be better. If there are, you can tweet. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Royal Rumble. This is what I've been anxious for. Yes. A lot happened on Raw. Uh, a lot of people were unhappy about Raw, except for the ending. I'd say Raw had its ups and downs. Uh, the Vince McMahon segment was funny, even though he couldn't open the the ball thing. Um, what was the, I don't remember having a problem with the opening segment. You having
2: any problems with the whole Jericho thrown through? Oh again? yeah,
0: that was that was dumb. Yeah, yeah, the Jericho thing was a little was a little silly. Um, but I still feel like I saw The Revenant this weekend with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio as the Revenant. Walking around the forest, having pretty much come back from the dead, fighting bears and wolves and Native Americans just so he can find the man who killed his son. That's who I want Roman Reigns to be. Let me tell you something. You know how many jokes Revenant Leonardo DiCaprio made? Zero. You know why? Because he just got his ass kicked by a bear and his son got killed. Who, what's Who's going to make jokes in that position? No one. No one. I want Roman Reigns to walk to the ring with a mentality that a bear just kicked his ass and his son's dead. That's, I mean, the character Roman Reigns got beaten up by a character bear and his character son is dead. That's who I think Roman Reigns should be. I understand Last week, I said I was going to light Dallas on fire. This week, I'm saying... Ro- <laughs> Roman Reigns doesn't even have a real son, though, so it's okay. He's getting
2: very aggressive.
0: <laughs> I just... That's the that's the attitude I wish Roman Reigns had, because... Men
2: stop handing him a microphone.
0: Even when he's... Even now, like, he's got m- way more of that now, which is better. And they're doing the one-versus-all thing, which is better. But it's still, like... You know, when somebody says something threatening to him, he kind of smiles, as if, like, you're no threat. Which I get what he, why he's doing that, and that's fine, but I still, I don't want to see him smile. I don't want to hear him joke. None of that stuff. I want to hear him look for Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy killed his son. Or in this case, Sheamus. You know, the best Roman Reigns we ever saw was Roman Reigns when he took out Triple H at the pay-per-view at TLC.
2: But I feel like the, the, the following, gosh, was it the following night? Was They Vince? put him back on a mic.
0: They did in a
2: little bit, but then it just got progressively back to where we were a few months ago.
0: I still think it's lessened, but you're right; it's moving in the wrong direction.
2: It and, was so right, and, and then it just
0: yeah. Um,
2: I mean, is it so? What does that do for the rumble for Roman? You just think is his character is just kind of a little weak?
0: I mean, I mean, no, I, I
2: think you're, yeah. you're just making a complaint. I
0: think Roman Reigns is in better shape now than he was six months ago. 100%. I just think he could be in better shape. And if you really want fans to get behind him, I think that's what you need to do. And you need to continue moving in that direction because when you start to move in that direction, there's almost an instantaneous crowd response, right? Yes.
2: So that's, yes. Why,
0: that's why I think that that's just the direction they need to keep moving in. I, look, it's not much for Roman Reigns to complain when uh, Tyler Breeze, I guess, has now become best friends with the Ascension. Oh, man. And has gone to the NXT Elephant Graveyard. NXT Elephant Graveyard. That's the main roster where, I mean, whoo, whoo. It is rough for some of those NXT guys. Tyler came out.
2: Well, Ascension was just on NXT, too, so I I got confused because.
0: But they just came back. Didn't they just only come back to wrestle uh, uh, Gable and Jordan?
2: Regardless. I think it was
0: just like sort of a.
2: Regardless. This
0: legendary tag team is coming back. to to make a statement because they were like
2: they were huge in NXT
0: I mean they were unstoppable in NXT they held the tag titles forever forever Forever. which would explain why maybe Finn Balor uh, uh, Cass and uh, you know Carmelon, what's his name uh, Enzo uh, all these guys might not necessarily be better off being brought up at the moment that's why I keep saying that
2: but, uh, I mean, that, look at Tyler. That goes back to the homegrown talent thing, though. Because I feel like... Yeah, I'm familiar with previous years that, of Tyler Breeze before NXT. But really, he started in WWE. For all yes, the 100%. The but you got to come from the outside and build that name and then come in. Or they're just... He can easily get thrown in that elephant graveyard. We've had this conversation because they, they built him. They can do what they... It's, he's not as much power.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't have a... Well... I guess, but like he had a fan base in NXT.
2: It was, in, but it was still WWE. I'm, I'm saying any of those guys that came from the outside that had a huge indie following. I feel like if you come in that way,
0: well, you know what the big like
2: coming into a company from another company.
0: The big test will be uh, Sami Zayn for that. That will be the big test on that one. Sami Zayn,
2: but that still doesn't fit my criteria.
0: Yeah, it does because he didn't come from WWE.
2: So, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, yeah, so if he comes but, and but, excels, but Kevin Owens.
0: That's what I mean. That would be. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So.
2: Okay. So now you have another. Right. We have another. Okay. Right.
0: Right. Right. To Cars see, because because I mean, right now Kevin Owens may just be the exception to the rule. Right. Because there's well,
2: and then we were talking about the ascension.
0: I mean, I know, but there's no other person who's been successful the way Kevin Owens has. Yeah. And really, the only other person that's come from NXT to be more successful than Kevin Owens. Is homegrown and his name's Roman Reigns Oh, right I mean it was a very different character when he came in and it was a different time and it wasn't it's it's very weird right now uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this year with the guys that come up but it does suck to see Tyler Breeze in the position well, that he's you think of. he's
2: going to be a, um, slave for that long what do you mean is that, is that it
0: I mean I don't want to say that's it because it's pro wrestling but it's not good you, know, I, I, you can never say that's it in pro wrestling. Like He could hit something and all of a sudden he's hot again. Look at New Day. You know, you, I could have said that's it for all three of those guys, and it's not, obviously. So I'm never going to sit there and say that's it. There's always an opportunity. There's always something you can do. There's always something that inevitably just happens. But as we look at it, he's not receiving a ton of help. Put it that way. Right? I, I mean, eat, he doesn't even have Summer ray anymore.
2: Well, I never agreed with bringing him out with Summer Rae out the gate to begin with. Well,
0: I mean, it's better than The Ascension. But <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of uh, aesthetics. But um, let's talk about the Royal Rumble.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I just have one one complaint about the whole Lesnar ordeal yesterday. I know you're happy with the, with the Wyatts.
0: Loved it.
2: Loved it. Agreed. Loved it. But you can't take out Brock Lesnar like that.
0: Of course you can.
2: No, I don't agree with you.
0: Of well, you, one hundred percent can. It doesn't. I don't agree with that. You. Didn't weaken Brock Lesnar at all.
2: In my opinion, it did.
0: No, you because you know.
2: I still see Lesnar as like this, like unstoppable force.
0: But he is. This I mean, he's
2: incarnate. There's four
0: guys in the ring, and you know, the next time Brock Lesnar, and th- I
2: was a little bothered by it, Sam.
0: Yeah, but you're not looking at Brock Lesnar as somebody who's going to lose a match. You're still not looking at it that way. Like when you see Brock Lesnar, he de- he's not been devalued. If anything, you're just giving him a reason like, okay, finally, I have a compelling reason. Because if he can destroy everyone on the roster the way he destroyed, like for instance, when he took out all three members of New Day, right? If he does that to everybody, then what's the point of seeing him wrestle? Right? If we already know he can take out everybody without a problem, no biggie. And no big E
2: right, then well then, well played
0: then, what's what am I watching? You know what I mean? if there's not some seed of doubt, what exactly am I watching for? So that's where I don't think I think you know you don't want to have Brock Lesnar losing a ton of matches, No, but you do want to plant the seed of doubt that he could potentially lose a match,
2: so maybe it's just making that shift
0: yes and, and in order for Brock Lesnar to be a good guy which he is well
2: that I agree with you he I'm does right.
0: need to have some vulnerabilities now I think this will all become much more clear to you when I explain to you yes Royal Rumble to Wrestlemania I figured Send it out
2: predictions <laughs> Royal Rumble to Wrestlemania Dang.
0: thank you for writing that for not me not a problem sounds amazing low
2: budget program
0: um so here's what I'm thinking I did have to shift some things from last week based on this week's Raw. You sure did. And last week you were asking me questions and I told you.
2: You were going to come back to me. And that. I
0: hadn't thought about it. I told you, uh, I think I told you Brock Lesnar versus Kevin Owens, maybe. And I told you Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker. I told you a bunch of stuff. But there's a couple things going on. First of all, I still stand by. I believe. I do not think AJ Styles will be in the Royal Rumble. AJ Styles came out, he was at an indie show over the weekend, and he kind of made reference to the fact of entering the Royal Rumble, of him being in the Royal Rumble. Now, you have to understand, he probably just said it to get a pop out of an indie crowd. It's not anything deeper than that. I, It could happen.
2: But you actually thought that Stephanie McMahon alluded to it. And, team, no, there's, and I disagree with you there. There is
0: no doubt. Stephanie, of course, she knew what she was doing. She did, wasn't saying it's going to happen. But she said on TV on Monday, maybe the person who wins the Royal Rumble will be somebody that we've never seen at all. Which was specifically written to get the internet fans to talk about AJ Styles being in the Royal Rumble. It's the only reason why WWE.com has had stories about the Bullet Club for the last two weeks. On .com. Like they are absolutely trying to cash in on all the New Japan rumors. And there is no doubt in my mind that that line was specifically written. To get the internet saying, oh, she's talking about AJ. You know, whether it, whether it's going to happen or not, is doesn't matter. It's a moot point. The line was written to get the internet talking, I believe. Uh, but I don't think AJ will be at the Royal Rumble. I don't think that would be the spot to debut him anyway. Because it wouldn't uh, – you can't have him win. Because you can't have him just come out and be the champion, right? Because, like, theoretically, some of the audience doesn't know who he is. Why do we care about this guy? Like, is it just because it's exciting because he's a new guy? Like, where's this going? Um, He needs some kind of a build. I'm not saying he can't immediately go to the main roster. I'm not even saying he can't immediately enter the main event. He could. But I don't think you can give him the championship and make him the guy first night out. And since you can't do that, I wouldn't have him enter the Royal Rumble and then lose first time out.
2: No way. I would
0: say either have him debut... The night after the Royal Rumble or the night after WrestleMania. Depending on what his contract looks like, depending on what you want to do with him. I don't think AJ will be at the Royal Rumble. Could be wrong. I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Where would you put him if you could?
0: If I were bringing him in? Yeah. I would probably... Fastlane? No, I'd probably have him come out the night after WrestleMania. I'd -hmm. probably wait until after WrestleMania build my WrestleMania, have him come out the night after and start something with whoever the champion is, which will be Roman Reigns in my book. I would have AJ Styles come out the night after WrestleMania and start a program with Roman Reigns for the world title. That's what I would do. Here's where we get to Roman Reigns. I do not think Roman will win the Royal Rumble. I stand by my prediction last week. I believe Triple H will enter and win the Royal Rumble. I think Triple H is going to walk out of the Royal Rumble with the championship title. Triple H wins the Royal Rumble. The Wyatts will eliminate Brock Lesnar, I believe, or Mm -hmm. I hope, or I think. Or This would be cool. This is where I see it going. The Wyatts are responsible for Brock Lesnar being eliminated. Triple H comes out number 30, wins, gets help from the League of Nations, I think who have already been eliminated, by the way, so they're there illegally. Triple H wins. He's the champion. Roman Reigns gets screwed. Triple H holds that title till WrestleMania. Roman has to do something at Fastlane to win a title shot. Odds are stacked against him. Maybe he has to wrestle the entire League of Nations. He beats them all. Roman is getting his shot at WrestleMania. Roman goes on to WrestleMania to defeat Triple H and win back the World Heavyweight title. Next night on Raw, here's AJ Styles. That's one scenario. That's the scenario I see. Okay, okay. The more I thought about it, the more I realized, and this was before Raw. I was thinking about it after the podcast, and I said, you can't do an Undertaker-Bray Wyatt match and have it play out the way I want it to play out because as much as I said I want the Undertaker to lose from here on out, if the Undertaker loses at this year's WrestleMania and then he comes back next year to wrestle John Cena – I believe an Undertaker loss at this year's WrestleMania devalues the John Cena match. So the Undertaker has to win at WrestleMania. You're sh-
2: certain, though, that you think he's going to be in this mania?
0: I believe he will be. you got a dry WrestleMania if you don't have the Undertaker or John Cena. Yeah. By the way, I also think Randy Orton is going to return at the Royal Rumble. I do think Randy Orton is going to be a surprise entrant. And then something will start with somebody. Maybe a—I I don't know who you start something with, but— Randy Orton will return, he will not win, and he'll start a program that leads towards WrestleMania, I think. Um, So yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think The Undertaker will be at WrestleMania this year, because I don't know what else you really have. You got Brock. The Rock is going to make an appearance. I do not think he will wrestle. Um, You probably don't have Cena, you know? So you kind of need to have an Undertaker match. The Undertaker match, I believe, I would put him in there with Kevin Owens. I would make it an Undertaker Kevin Owens match. Because Kevin Owens does fit that bill where he would go in wanting to destroy the legend of The Undertaker. He's got no respect for The Undertaker. However, Kevin Owens will not defeat the Undertaker. That's what where I put that.
2: Regardless, you're saying either way he's gonna come back next year for Cena. Yes. That's, that's your okay. That's
0: my opinion. He's not going into the Hall of Fame this year. The Cena match is not happening this year, I don't think, because of the injury. I think he'll come back next year to have the Cena match. Ergo, I think he'll get Kevin Owens this year. It'll be a good look for Kevin Owens, like it was a good look for CM Punk at 30 or 29. Kevin Owens won't win. Undertaker will beat him clean. But I still believe, hopefully, if done right, that would raise Kevin Owens' stock somewhat. Um, And... Uh, Brock Lesnar's match will be with Bray Wyatt. The Lesnar Wyatt match will happen at WrestleMania, and it will not be for the title. And, yeah,
2: I feel like that started to build.
0: Huh? And Bray Wyatt will lose, unfortunately. I mean, it'd be a if if Bray Wyatt wins, I will be so happy.
2: We can't get him winning the average matches, man. If it's Bray just Wyatt an upswing, do you know how We're happy? And get greedy. Do you want
0: me to tell you how happy I'll be if Bray Wyatt how beats Brock Lesnar? I will light that stadium on fire. That's how happy huh. I will be.
2: Stop saying that, Sam. Well, I'm just saying.
0: I'm going to be so excited. No
2: more heat in Texas.
0: I'm just going to throw no, gasoline no, everywhere. No, you're not going to light throw anything, a match. Not
2: lighting anything on fire.
0: I mean, that's what you're happens when I get all. excited. People I, are
2: listening. People are getting scared.
0: I'm just saying. I get, we'll get a- excited.
2: No. No fire in Texas Stadium.
0: So, so, so far, if Undertaker beats Bray Wyatt. We have a fire. If Bray Wyatt beats Brock Lesnar.
2: We have fire. <laughs> yes, that's right. We <laughs> One, but one is a
0: good fire and one is a bad fire.
2: Oh, yes, 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 yes.
0: Very, very different. But yeah, so that's where I see it going. I see, and then I see, yeah, so I see Roman Reigns and Triple H for the world title after with Triple H as champion at WrestleMania, Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. And which is, by the way, why you have to have the Wyatts taking out Brock Lesnar, because if Brock Lesnar takes out the Wyatts, then why have the match at WrestleMania? You see, right, 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 right. So that's why I put that there, and then I would, I would pick Kevin Owens as the Undertaker's opponent. Kevin Owens can take the loss; <laughs> he'll make the match good. I think the build will make sense. Um,
2: Sasha back by Mania, and
0: I think it'll be a good thing. I don't, Sasha Charlotte. I no, that's not gonna happen this year. Maybe next year. I think they're saving that. That's not gonna happen this year for sure.
2: But I still feel like the card's a little short.
0: Well, that's only three matches. Those are three big matches. Um, There there does have to be... I mean, that's the problem. They're running low. Luckily...
2: Luckily, we'll still have the Andre Giant Memorial Cup (laughs) Wimbledon... Challenge. Challenge.
0: Luckily, the name WrestleMania sells a lot of tickets on its own. That's probably what they're banking on. But last year, when you had had your Undertaker match, you had your Lesnar-Roman Reigns match... You had uh, uh, Sting and Triple H. You had, like, no, you don't have... And
2: the click came back. There's just a lot of strong elements to that. Yeah. Like, through and through.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to be able to throw in some strong elements. A lot of that stuff, like the Seth Rollins cash-in, you know, the click reunion and the Triple H-Sting match. Some of those moments, the Rock-Ronda Rousey moment, those things weren't announced. So you can assume that we will have unannounced cool stuff happening at WrestleMania.
2: Sure. That's a guarantee.
0: Sure. But in terms of an announced card, I think those are your three big matches. Reigns Hunter, Brock Bray, Taker Owens. And honestly, I think it's pretty strong for the it's new strong. guys. I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction and granted, they were forced to take this step because of injuries, but the fact that all of those three matches the main roster guy is one of the new guys. Is one of the new classes. Roman, it's Bray, it's Owens. These are the guys that we can actually see a future with. As opposed to guys that are the established, you know, same old, same old. I think you need to do that. I think that's necessary right now. Um, And, you know, Roman will beat Hunter. You know, Brock will beat Bray. Yeah, and then Owens would have to lose to Undertaker. But, it would be at least a good spot to showcase that talent. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I see. You don't like it.
2: No, it's strong. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I just it feels a little incomplete, but it is strong. I mean, it is
0: incomplete for sure. I don't know if Jericho will stick around. I believe he will have a cartwheel contest with Ava Marie.
2: <laughs> Who, by the way, on This Week on NXT uh-huh. all read everything went with full on green <laughs> head to toe. She's like, "Well, I look at the color wheel and just go the complete opposite." Yeah. It's your whole bag that's is it. all red everything. Right.
0: Not that, literally, that's the other Christmas color. Right. <laughs> the other one. Right. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, I don't know. Are you do you would you are you excited about AJ Styles at all?
2: Not as much as you are. Mm-hmm. No. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. I also don't think Nakamura is going to... I don't think any of the New Japan guys will be in the Royal Rumble. Well,
2: I, I'm surprised to hear... You know more about AJ Styles than I do. Yes. But in terms of him going right to main roster, really?
0: Yeah. I All can right. see it happening. Wow. Yeah. He, uh... Yeah, there's a lot of buzz around the signing. He's an older guy, so it's not like... Yeah, he true. needs to put in years down in developmental. Um, you know, he's the one name to come from TNA to really mean something... And I think, and you know what? It's all timing. So much of this is timing. Samoa Joe, I think, turned a lot of heads. And I still don't see Samoa Joe ever coming to the main roster necessarily. But the fact that he showed up on NXT, and I'm sure there were a lot of people in the office that thought when Samoa Joe showed up, because we have WWE fans, not wrestling fans, I'm sure a lot of people thought that nobody's going to know who this guy is. And the fact that everybody freaked out, his T-shirt sold out instantly. You know what I mean? Like, those mm-hmm. Merch selling is a big deal. Right. So it's like the fact that Samoa Joe made as big an impact as he did, no pun intended, Bye. leads me to believe that it changed minds as if to say, okay, maybe we do have something here. Like maybe there is something, especially not necessarily just for these TNA guys, but for the guys that have made a big name in TNA as well as traveled the world. Because you're talking about AJ Styles, a guy who, of course, made a huge name for himself in TNA, but also did a lot in Ring of Honor, but also traveled across the United States, and, of course, the last two years or however long, has been doing amazing things with New Japan. Right. So it's like once... Like, take it for what it is. When when you're in New Japan, and you're starring in New Japan, and there's... A, you know, a a nice amount of American fans that know who you are and that are fans of yours as well, you've become kind of a global entity. Maybe not a global superstar, but at least a global entity. Which, you know, the WWE, I think, is now acknowledging. That there are these guys that are global entities that maybe didn't come through the WWE system because they've been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years without WWE. And I think they learned that through Kevin Owens. And then they learned that through Samoa Joe. You know. And guys like that. Who don't look the WWE part. Who came in. Almost exactly the same as they were on the independents. And outside of WWE. TNA International. Wherever it was. And made an immediate huge impact. Started selling merch. Started selling tickets. Started making people care. Uh, I think that that is a big deal to WWE. And that's why they're like, okay, we're learning as we go from some of these guys. And maybe AJ serves us better on the main roster than he would in NXT. And I think he does serve the company better on the main roster. NXT is young, fresh. NXT is next NXT, right? AJ Styles is not next. AJ Styles is now, current, here. So... I mean, next for AJ Styles. You know, five years, ten years down the road is retirement. Right. So, I, I I feel like I wouldn't be surprised to see AJ Styles show up on the main roster first. You know, I don't know what they'll do with Nakamura. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in NXT like uh, like Kenta did and turned into Hideo Itami. I wouldn't, you know, maybe he'll go to NXT. Maybe he'll get a different name. I would assume AJ Styles would keep his name. Um, But... Maybe he won't. Maybe Nakamura will also probably get a name change. Maybe Nakamura will be on the main roster. I don't know what they're planning on doing with Nakamura. You know, because it's, again, uh, they're signing these guys that don't necessarily fit the mold, but are going to make a pretty big impact. So it'll be interesting to see. Hmm. it be interesting to see.
2: But we don't think for Rumble.
0: I don't think for Rumble. I don't think any of those guys show up at the Rumble. Like I said, I think... Uh, uh, Gallows and Machine Gun are going to go right to NXT and Balor Club it up mm. with Finn. Um, and then, yeah, I think AJ Styles is best served showing up after WrestleMania as if to say, here it is, this is how we are starting this year. Because traditionally, that's what it is. The wrestling year ends with WrestleMania. So the night after WrestleMania is the first day of the next wrestling oh, year. right, right, right. Okay. So... That's why that's always an important Raw, and I would think that AJ would be best served popping up there first, you know, and just seeing what happens, and starting a thing with Roman. And I don't know, you know, figuring out, are are we baby faces, are we heels, are we good guys, are we bad guys? I don't know. We've got AJ Styles, who wants a shot at Roman Reigns. AJ Styles, who's held, you know, every major title except for that one. Mm. I've been a champion everywhere except here. Now, Roman, it's my time. This is what Sting should have done 10 years ago. Right? You know what I mean? When he still had AJ Styles energy and 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 ability. But he didn't. He got his one match in and that's all. I, I mean,
2: got a statue out of it. He
0: did get a statue. He did get a statue and he's getting no, he's getting a nice ring, he's getting a nice, nice Hall ring. of Fame ring. Nice so, ring. he's doing just fine. All right, well let's wrap this up. I uh, want to thank Katie Linndahl for being here. Oh, we
2: forgot to give away prizes from last week. We oh yeah, go next week
0: we'll announce our Bull Fit for TV winner next week here on the podcast. Um, you can follow Katie Linndahl at Katie Linndahl on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also get our podcast, Katie Show at Katie Show, as well as on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, so thanks a lot, Katie.
2: Good times, it's always Chowski.
0: All right, goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening. listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.
2: And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.